0: God bless. Good morning. Glad you guys are here. Welcome for you watching online. Glad you guys are tuning in whenever that is. As we get started, I did get a message uh, from Randy this morning. Randy will not be here. He is at his daughter's dance recital. She she is in Peter Pan. She's playing Michael in Peter Pan. And then I think other parts, too. This is like a big thing. Um... I'm sure she's just adorable. Um, but so he won't be here, but no worries, we got Brian here. No um, yeah. pressure, Brian. <laughs> but Randy did pass along. Uh, as you know, we've been praying for his brother in law, Joseph, who had cancer. Uh, they did go through successful surgery, removed a large tumor from his intestine, as well as part of the intestine. And now they're just waiting on the next steps, uh, see how it will be. We want to continue praying for Sue and that she would do well through this. I don't know even how to to share that. What's that? Journey. Journey, yeah, that's a good word. Uh, pray for her. Um, you know, these... Are things that we are aware of that happen, but when you are going through it with the people you love, it's a whole different experience, and so we want to be praying for them. And again, I know there's a lot more needs out here. I don't want to mention them all. Um, I know a lot of you get our prayer email. Um, if you want uh, to be on that prayer email list, you can go to prayer@thegenesisstory.com and sign up and we will put you on that list so you know some of the things that are happening and what to be praying for. But let's pause. And let's pray as we get started this morning. Father, once again there is opportunity here and now for us to listen, for us to still our hearts and be attentive to your spirit's voice in our lives to desire and yearn, yearn for more from you and to be open for that to take place through the things that we hear, read, and share together. And I pray that you would work in this time, in our lives, and produce fruit that looks like you, like Jesus. May we desire this. May we be open to it and welcome to it and contribute to it here this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Give it up for Brian. Thank you, man. Thank you for your availability and leaning into this. Also want to thank Gil for single-handedly doing everything this morning. I was here, he was vacuuming, he'd made coffee, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> maybe not quite all that, but he, he is why we are live online and appreciate that, and saying those things, there is an opportunity, if you are desiring to learn about sound, about recording, anything in that realm, technologically, you could take a masterclass by just coming and sitting and following this guy. Um, and so welcome you. If you're interested in something like that, let us know, not only that, any other areas that you would be wanting to maybe engage in, maybe there's a area of talent that you have that you would like to share, Uh, we have space for you to do that and we'd love to see more of these kinds of things happening and so if you want to you know teach a class on sound if you want to teach a guitar class if you want to do a paint class an art class a poetry class if you want to do i mean when jordan was here we were doing philosophy classes and things like that and so there's a lot of things that maybe are stirring in your head. We want to give a place where you can facil- facilitate those things and we can see them come to fruition and get people connected to whatever those things, a cooking class, right? If you want to do learn how to smoke, we could do a smoking class. I'm going oh, well, yes, to... Meat, meat. <laughs> I saw a meme. The doctor is asking the patient, do you smoke? And the guy said, yeah, what, cigarettes, pot? And he goes, no, mostly brisket, tri tip <laughs> But anyway, those things are here and available. Um, and also, if if you have the time, we could use some help setting up if you would want to come down here to make coffee. We'd like to kind of organize things a little bit better. I think, gosh, I think... I got to put the blame on me. I've been so lax in a lot of things since COVID. I've never gotten, this is long COVID for me, uh, of just kind of going through things in a way that's minimal. And we'd like to develop things not to be over the top. You know how we do things here. It's got to be very organic and connected to us, but we could definitely do things a little bit better. If you'd like to help set up, help make coffee, any of those things, please see us. Also, one last thing. We are going to have a get-together at the Adelio's house on August 20th, okay? And so that's a Sunday, correct? Sunday, August 20th at 5 p.m. It's in Upland. I've got the address here. And there's a sign-up list at this back table, Um, They are going to be providing hamburgers and hot dogs, but if you want to bring a side dish or something else, you can sign up and put it down there so that we have an idea. Also let us know if you're planning to go so that they know how many hot dogs or hamburgers to get. Uh, We will put something on our website. Um, We'll give that to Randy and he can make that magic happen. Um, But We're letting you know it would be a great opportunity for us to get together. If you were there watching, I'm talking to you. I'd love to see your face at this get together. They have a pool. If you want to go swimming, I'm sure it'll be still warm. They have a great backyard to facilitate these things. Five o'clock, it'll be cooling down. Um, I'm sure we'll have canopies. You could even borrow these canopies if you want some. You know, we can do that. and also, Mary was saying she's going to have like guitars lying around so that you can pick up a guitar and start jamming. Uh, those kinds of things. Jamie, it's the oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, it's a great opportunity for us to get together, and that's going to be happening Sunday, August twentieth, at the Adelio's home. And so, uh, also bring your favorite drink because they can only do so much, people. Anyway. <laughs> Today, I'm going to be talking about hope. And gosh, that word brings so much emotion, at least to me, I think about it. Um, even as Brian was talking about the different you know, songs that he was going through when I did worship a, a while back, I had the same experience where I started like, oh, what song do I want to sing? And I started going down these trails and remembering. It was emotional for me, man. I remember this song. I remember what I was. I remember what happened. I remember why it meant so much to me. And uh, like Brian, I was like, man, that's just, that's too much. I know I used to do that, but I don't think I can do that now. And I think the same thing happens with hope, the idea of hope. There's so many different ideas and different types of hope that we experience and that we see in scripture, right? There's kind of a circumstantial, I hope I get a good parking spot, you know, if I'm going to the Dodger game. Uh, Karina and I went late one time and we got like privileged. We got, they were closing the gates and we got in like where the VIPs parked. Anyway, (laughs) our hopes were realized and life was good. There's relational hope, things that we hope things will go well with people. I hope this election isn't as ugly as the next last one. Uh, You know, we can have those kinds of hope. There is insignificant hope, right? There's, There's things that aren't that important but still we desire. And then there's the more important things. I hope the cancer isn't serious and they're able to get treatment. And we find all these variations throughout scripture as well. Herod hoped that Jesus would do a miracle for him. Paul hoped to see the Romans sometime soon, right? Or the people in Church of Rome sometime soon. Those are things that really, they're kind of leaning to the future, but it's not a big deal. It's not like everything's resting on that. And then there is this idea, this theological hope that is important that we think about, I think, when we think of hope, we think of hope as something that is substantial that we can lean into. I remember when I was going to the treatments with my mom for the cancer and she had her last round of chemo and radiation and then they did the scan to see if it had, you know, worked and had stopped the growth of the cancer. And the, you know, we went in there and the doctor should have looked at it ahead of time because he didn't. He's like, oh, come on in, let's go. He was expecting it to have worked. He was expecting the tumor to have shrunk, not to have grown, but it metastasized and it went to stage four. And so then we were left in this place. Well, that's it. The, the cancer now is unleashed in her body. And then we went to the City of Hope, where they said, we have this new experimental treatment that is targeting this type of cancer. And so we'd like to try this because you've got, it looks like so much more life to live. You're strong. You're going through this so well. Let's give it a try. And we were excited. We were filled with hope because there was this chance that this could stop the cancer and its devastation on her body. And it didn't but that hope for a while sparked the desire to push into it. And I think likewise in the New Testament, hope is sometimes used to communicate some of the most central, important ideas related to salvation and redemption. Paul talked about the God of hope in Romans 15. There's three foundational virtues, faith, love, and hope. In Ephesians chapter 4, Starting at verse 4, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is central to Christ and his message one body, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one hope. It's this unification of his message. But what is this hope? What does it look like? How do we get a better understanding of it? I want to start in the Old Testament because, again, the New Testament is really coming from the ground of the Old Testament. That's where it was born. And so we get at least a directional attitude maybe sometimes when we go to the Old Testament and we start there. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is that hope in the Old Testament mostly comes from the poets, not the prophets, and what I mean by that is it isn't looking for some future thing. It is something that is happening right here and right now. The majority of how hope is used in the Old Testament is used by, again, the poets in Psalms. In Psalm 38, verse 15, I put my hope in you, Lord. You will answer, Lord my God. We see an urgency in this, right? We, we see that there is, I'm putting my My chips, all right here. I'm leaning into this and I'm counting on this. This hope is not some kind of afterlife redemption, but it's here and now provision. Later on in verse 21, it says, Lord, do not abandon me. My God, do not be far from me. Hurry to help me, Lord, my savior. Hope is connected to this idea of I need to be rescued. It's interesting in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew scripture, we see that the word hope that is used is often translated to trust. They're interchangeable. Hope to trust and trust to hope. They work together in so many ways. And so in Psalm 91, verse 2, it says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That word trust could be used as the word hope. In verse four, it says, he will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. That word refuge is also, I will take hope under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. These are very here and now examples that hope is not something off in the future that I can't see. It is something that I need currently. In Isaiah and a few other places, especially in the major prophets, we start to find a more not yet use of the word hope. And I think this is one we're more familiar with, a description where Israel looked ahead to a transforming event that would bring redemption, restoration, would deliver them from wherever they were at that time to bring them to a place that they were hoping for. And for the most part of Israel's expression of hope expects this this God of covenant is going to do what he said he would do for them, to guide them into the future steps that will bring about this redemption. And so it's both here and not yet. And I know sometimes those are things that are hard for us to to hold at the same time. I want it now, but sometimes it's not yet. So which is it? Is it now or is it not yet? And when we say it's both, we have to lean into what that means and, and how that looks into our lives. And that carries throughout the New Testament as well. That thought carries into the New Testament. And for whatever reason, we start to see it show up in some interesting places. The church, church in Thessalonica, Paul is writing to them, and they've had a number of members of their church die. And there was a lot of concern about those who had died. And we don't know all the reasons. I mean, coming from this time and this culture, it could be that they are thinking, we made this decision to follow Jesus, and now these people who are close to us are dying. Maybe the gods are unhappy with us because we made this decision, right? That's a possible thought that was going on, and even though it seems foreign to us, that could be something that they're doing, and going through and so Paul is writing to encourage them to remind them to trust in their God, to have hope in their God. And so in First Thessalonians chapter one, he says, "We recall, in the presence of our God and Father, your work of faith, labor and love, and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We see this in you. We see this endurance, this persistence, this following after. It's something you were known for. And so later on in chapter four, Paul, not wanting to discourage them from their grieving because grief is an important and necessary and useful part of life. If we just shut it down, there's going to be problems, but in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, he says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers concerning those who are asleep, which those who have died, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. I think I've shared this verse at every memorial that I've done and just about everyone that I have heard. We grieve, but not like those who don't have hope. So what is this hope? Verse 14 He says, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. And so the hope is that there's going to be a restoration in the future. Death is not the final word for their lives. Their home is not the grave. They are gone now, but not forever. The dead in Christ will rise. Rising is just step one. That's not the end of it. The rising up of the dead has a goal and a direction. They will join together with the Lord. It's not that you're just gonna live. It's you are going to be joined with the Lord. Later in verse 17, it says, then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage each other that it's not over, that your story has a destination. Death deals a strong blow, but God is going to win the battle. Life will triumph over death. And we see that hope is foundational to Paul's faith and joy in life. We see that this hope, this trust in God, that he cares that he will see us through, even past death, is central to this Christian message. The death and resurrection of Jesus is kind of this continuance that happens in our lives just like it happened to him, but again, a little bit differently. Christian hope is not about imagining souls floating around in heaven. Paul and hope and had hope in a a bold manner, right? He, He had a hope that was connected to something that was real, substantial. Resurrection, transformation. He pressed this onto his churches. He will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorious body, he would say, by means of the Holy Spirit. The goal was not to go to heaven, but the renewal of all things to God. The renewal was their hope. You know how you see the grass dying in your front yard because it's so hot and you're not allowed to water as much as you need to to keep it alive? It's coming back if you have the right kind of grass. The winter, when it starts raining, it'll turn green again. You see that one who you loved, who died, they're coming back. It's not gonna be the same as it was, but there is a continuance that's carrying on. Paul said that we see indistinctly as in a mirror or through a glass darkly in 1 Corinthians 13. We, we don't get the full picture but he wanted us to know that there is more to be had than just the experience we sense. And Peter carries this through as well in 1 Peter 1, verse 8. You love him, though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so this is a description of hope. You don't see him, but you love him. And it's doing something in your life. It is producing something in your life because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Notice the receiving is present tense. It's not you received it, it's you are receiving and the salvation of our souls, your soul is not what happens to you after you die. It is who you are now and who you are before God, that restoration. And so, It is very encouraging to me to know that the person I am is still receiving salvation, is still growing, is still developing, that I am not stuck in this place. No matter where I am, maybe things are good, Maybe things are terrible. There is hope because you are still receiving that salvation and it is still pushing you forward. It's been said, don't put a period where God has put a comma in your life. Don't see this as done because it isn't according to this hope. When we push hope or salvation exclusively to just a future event, I think we're losing the power of its intention. Just like in the Old Testament examples where hope was both now and not yet, it's the same here. So what's hope for today? What do we mean when we say God is my hope? What does it actually look like in daily life? How do you practice hope? How do I grow in hope? And again, if we can stop thinking hope is just these vague wishes about life in heaven, I think it will help us. I think Paul encouraged Christians to not just sit on their hands and resign because one day you're going to be in heaven. Paul's push was for them to live fully where they were at. Hope requires imagination. Hope requires us to have an impact on what is happening presently within our lives and and within the lives of those around us. Hope requires this. When Paul talks about God conquering evil in the end, he also tells them how to be brave. Living in hope and knowing that God will accomplish these things. The future is meant to teach them the truth so that they will live with faith and hope holding on to this promise. And with this perspective in mind, it is, it's helpful to think of hope not so much as a desire to experience, but as a muscle to exercise. Hope is something I have to practice, not just feel. By living into it, I start to develop it within my life. We are to lean on hope, trusting in Jesus and working towards that hope. Otherwise, we'll shrink from our responsibilities and just live in apathy, right? There's things going around, oh, we can't do it. Someday God's gonna deliver us. Yep, 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 yep. And then we just go back home and let those things continue. But that wasn't what they did and it's not what we're supposed to do. He pushed into what hope produces, which that salvation, as we talked about, is life. It is something that looks like God. And it's supposed to look like God now, even though we are still waiting for it to come. I think that's what Paul's addressing in Romans chapter 5. Verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Here's one of those passages that, right? Affliction produces endurance. No one wants to hear that when they're being afflicted, right? No one wants to hear that. I'm going to take a drink of coffee. Thank you, Alex, for my coffee. Suffering or difficulties should not be the occasion of despair, but for hope. This is where we get to exercise hope that this situation will not last forever. Why? Because they're fun? No, because they give us the opportunity to grow in our faith and in our hope. There are so many stories. In fact, books are written about people who go through the most horrendous things. And some of them don't come out shining and everything being good. They go through awful things but become incredible people in the meantime. I think of Cory Tim Boom, right? Who her and her family, Christian family, hid the Jews from Nazi Germany and were caught and then were put into a concentration camp and her sister died. And she miraculously made it through. And one of the things she says is, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. How can you say that? Because she was there. That in the depths Of that place, God met her there and was bigger than the circumstances. You see, that was her exercising hope. She was not confined, say, this is it. This is all there is. She saw more, lived into it, even though it was horrendous and it was difficult. Verse four of Romans five, it says, endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. That's interesting. The character produces hope. How we conduct ourselves grows in to hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is not just any kind of hope. This is a hope that is battled for. Acquired by having pushed through the vain wishes for perfect and pleasant life here and now into a fully formed dedication to God's promised kingdom. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy life or shouldn't want to enjoy life. But if you have lived for any length of time, you know that that doesn't always happen. Things are outside of your control. No one wants to get cancer. No one wants the problems that you might face with your children. No one wants to get fired from that job or whatever. All these things are gonna happen in your life and it is hope that sustains you through these things. Not the, I want, I hope everything goes well. No, I hope in God that no matter how things go, I can still have an understanding that my life has purpose and it's not over. That I can press on. There's a story that I want to use for an example of this. There are three men who were diagnosed with a leg infection all three men had the same infection in their leg. And they went to the doctor, and the doctor said, this is something we cannot treat. It will not get better. You will die from this infection. The only thing we can do is amputate the leg. And so I want to schedule the surgery in a month's time, and in that month's time, I want you to prepare for it. I want you to work you know, so that you can strengthen your upper body and your arms and your healthy legs, so that when this happens, you can continue. The first man who heard this was, again, devastated by the news. He just didn't know how to deal with it, and so he kept putting off the surgery, hoping that it would just go away. And eventually he died. It's a vain hope. The second man, also devastated with it, could not imagine living his life with just one leg and ended up killing himself. He had no hope. And the third man, who saw the doctor as a friend, someone he could trust, took the doctor's prescription, started exercising, doing what he could, had the surgery, and then with a prosthetic was then able to walk and live. This is a living See, all three had opportunity for hope. But one pushed into it as if it was something that they could do and contribute to. And it was that character and trust in the doctor that allowed them to continue living into this. How do we live into this type of hope? one that is promised like an inheritance and one that is needed now to sustain and strengthen us. It's something that has to happen in our lives in everyday ways. It's not something that you just get. It starts in small increments. I think of you know couples who figure skate. It's like, this is incredible. The things that they do It's like dancing, but on a blade on ice, right? It's like, that's insane. And especially for the woman who's being swung around by this guy with her head inches from the ice and then flips her up in the air and she's got to spin around and land on ice. You see, it is the interaction, the trusting in the other person to do what is necessary so that you can do what is necessary that is required for that to take place. That's what happens in our life. It is for us to trust in our God that he is going to do what's necessary so that we could live into our life, whatever that life might look like. And that's the uncertainty. We don't know. We can't guarantee what it's going to be like but we can have this hope and live into it and practice just like they don't just get up there. Hey, you want to do a double backflip? I'll spin you around and throw you on the ground. Sure. That sounds great. Okay. We'll do it tomorrow. All right. We'll go for the Olympics then. Yeah. No, no. It starts off with small increments. They get up, they fall. They do this. They have bruises on their butts because it happens over and over and over again. And my life is bruised by the things that happen over and over and over again. But then there comes a time where I can actually stand and I can walk because I've learned how to develop a character that grows into a hope and trust in a God who I can't see, but I believe is there. Hope should cause certain reactions in our life. Hope should make you angry. There are times when I see the beauty and the wonder of children. And it makes me angry that there are children that are abused. There are times when I enjoy freedom and peace and it makes me angry that there is war and killing for greed's sake. There are times when I have so much, where I'm able to go out and eat with family or friends and be stuffed, it makes me angry that there are people who go without food, not because we can't feed them, but because we choose not to. It's not high on the priority list. See, I think those things should make us angry. Anger should be a natural response to the state of the world that's devastated by the departure of God's will and sin. And that anger should lead to action on behalf of those who are marginalized, those who can't care for themselves, those who are unfairly imprisoned, economically abused. We are angry, angry enough because we hope things should be better, could be better. But at the same time, hope should make us rejoice. And it's a paradox. We also ought to be filled with gladness. Paul says rejoice in hope in Romans 12. Whatever challenges, problems, or obstacles we are facing are relatively insignificant in view of the peace and glory which is awaiting us, Paul says. Glory which shall be revealed. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We are not ignoring or bottling up our trauma, we are looking past it and seeing the ability for God to make things work, even for the good, even these things. And lastly, hope should give us life, it should give us a reason to push forward. Imagine you're working at a terrible place. You're not being paid nearly enough for the job you're doing and your boss is awful or a jerk. And then you get, (laughs) 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 that ring true with some of you? (laughs) And then you get a job out of state that like doubles your salary And it's with a great company, great benefits. And you start in a month. Now, you might go back to work and feel a little bit feisty and tell your boss, you know what? I'm out of here. And lay into them and do a drop mic out of the building and say adios, goodbye. You could do that if you know this other job is waiting. You've already filled all the paperwork. They've got the date. You're going to go there. You're so sure this is happening. It's going to inspire you to act this way here because of what you have. But if you don't have that surety, I'm not sure if that job's really there or not. Well, it's going to affect how you act while you're still at that job until you have the certainty. This is how our hope for the future can affect our present if we believe that God is real and just and will honor those who live into that justice, it will affect how we act today. It will affect what we do. That hope brings about the character and that character produces more hope. Yesterday, we had a board meeting for uh, FAR for a reason. And as you guys maybe know, Haiti is just in turmoil. You think inflation is bad here, it's like 40% there. It's incredible. In a place where they already have little, they're going through incredible hardship. And for a reason, it is working to sponsor kids through school, all the way from wherever they come into the program to their graduation of college. What do you do when the country is in this disarray? When even getting money to the places is difficult because of gangs and people waiting outside banks to rob the people who come outside because they would have money, which has happened. But there wasn't a question of what needs to be done for these students. This is what we are doing. And every student who has been a part of FAR has remained in school, and a few have even graduated. Some have graduated in agricultural, some have graduated as nurses. They have graduated and now are gonna be contributing to what is happening in the country because someone had hope that this could be better than what they are doing. And it's that hope that will change a nation. It's that hope that should change how we live with each other because I'm not going to settle for the fact that gangs are running the country, that inflation is 40%. I'm not going to change what I need to do, even though it's harder, even though it's more difficult. It's still the right thing to do. And do you see that that character does something in you? It's a muscle that builds, that allows you to step into those arenas with a certainty that God is always at work. And even though... These things are happening and have happened. I believe that the arc of the universe is long, but it is bent towards justice. And I will hold on to that hope and allow it to shape my character and determine where I will plant my steps and what actions I will do. Hope needs to be present, even though it's still something we long for. It is something that will change our world here and will change it for tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we cannot live without hope. And I'm thankful for those who have given me their hope, have encouraged me when times I had little or none. I'm thankful for the character that has been built within me through those difficult times where hope seemed fleeting. Thank you for your voice in my heart that held me on course through the times of despair that gave me hope. And may we be a people who exercise in hope and give it to those around us. People who are worried about the state of the world, the state of our nation, the state of all these things. There are so much to worry about, but there is so much good we can do because we have hope that you are still at work. May we lean into that. May we not resign to let things go and just wait for heaven to come. May Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven so that one day when these are united, we were participants in your kingdom because we had your hope. I pray this be encouraging to us wherever we're at. In Jesus' name, amen. May the God of hope inspire you to live a life of faith and love that looks like Jesus. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Again, we're going to stick around and have a conversation about what was said here. Thank you guys for being part of this. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings.